Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Ryan Murdoch. Thanks for being on the show, Ryan. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. This has been something I've been looking forward to for a while, so I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. A little about Ryan. Over 12 years of real estate brokerage and investing experience. Currently, the VP of Acquisitions for Brandon Turner's Open Door Capital, where he is responsible for the acquisition and operation of mobile home communities across the U.S. Ryan, thank you again for your time. Grateful to have you on the show. Now, you and I met at the Best Ever Conference uh, the year before last, so it's neat to see your progress and that you're still you know, working with Brandon and, and you all are growing a, a great business there. I've seen some different things happening. So, But give us a little more about you know, maybe where you're located, which you know, in, just so the listener knows, I won't give it away yet, Ryan, but you know, he asked me if I could hear the birds in the background. I'm like, yeah, it sounds amazing. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, I am not sitting, contrary to the sounds, I'm not sitting in the back room of a pet shop right now. I'm actually on my front porch <laughs> here and uh, I live in Maui and no matter where I go, whether it's inside, outside, there's just, there's so many birds birds that I can't help but the, for the bird sounds to filter through the audio. So my apologies if they're... We don't feel too sorry for you. Yeah, no, actually, I took I have a couple bird feeders and I even took those down in anticipation of the show to try to keep the noise at, at bay, but they're just there everywhere. So bear with me. It's a beautiful place to be here in Maui, but between birds and leaf blowers, it can make phone calls and podcasts a little challenging. Tell us a little more about what you do exactly, Ryan, at Open Door Capital, you know, and maybe an update on what you all are up to right now. And let's jump into your superpower in the business. Yeah, sure. Thanks. I'm the VP of acquisitions. And really what that means is it's been a whirlwind couple of years here working for Brandon and getting Open Door Capital off the ground. Started out, it was just pretty much him and I doing everything. And when I say everything, it was pretty much Brandon manning his Instagram account and me doing all the rest of the stuff. So what had happened is as we continued to grow the business, there were things that I just, I mean, there's not enough hours in a day to do everything. So we started recruiting some talent. We're up now to, I think we've got six full-time team members at Open Door Capital. And each one of those people were selected because of their extreme expertise in whatever their field is. So we've got, you know, our, our investor relations person, we've got our head underwriter. All of those guys do all of their jobs way better than I ever did them. So now my primary role is just making sure that they have the tools and the things and the resources that they need to get their job done as efficiently and effectively as possible. So I'm kind of a, I consider myself a utility player at this point where I can do a little bit of everything. And as those guys get jammed up, I'll oftentimes just try to take a little bit off their plate to relieve some bottlenecks, but that's not, you know, that's not a good long-term solution. That's always temporary while we work through trying to figure out, okay, what do you need for additional resources? So you're not bottlenecked. And then once that's under control, I'll move on to the, to the next problem. So I'm, I'm really a utility player all throughout the company. Well, it's a great skill to have, and it's a great place to be in in a business when you're looking to hire people and you start to bring in those people who are experts in specific fields, right? I mean, as opposed to you doing everything, I've seen it in my own business, and it's incredible to watch that happen. You know, are there some things that you could help the listener say, you know, who's thinking about hiring, you know, when they're ready to hire that person? You know, maybe we're not talking so much about maybe budget, which is important. You do have to have budget to hire somebody. But when were you all ready to say to hire that first person? And what was that role that they did? 
Yeah, I'm in, we're, we're kind of in a unique situation and I'm grateful for this every day with working with Brandon and just his platform and his reach and his ability to attract incredible talent with relative ease. I mean, he's, you know, he just posts something on Instagram that we're looking for help. And next thing we know, we have 300 applicants looking to join the team. And, you know, I've been able to recruit and work with people that I probably never would have had a chance to be able to work with if, you know, 10 or 20 years of doing this on my own. But every team member that we have hired full time has been the result of some other sort of relationship. Either we had them, we knew them through other investing channels or like, for example, Walker Meadows, he's our head of underwriting, the director of finance. He came to us just kind of as an intern almost where we had a few small projects that we gave him and were able to really get to know him well and know his ability before we actually put him on payroll. And that's a luxury that I've never had in any other line of work. Usually you go through the typical hiring process and you do your interviews and you do your due diligence on people. And, you know, I don't know about you, but if you've ever hired people, it's always a crapshoot. I don't care how much time and effort you put into trying to vet them. I've had people that I thought were going to be absolute rock stars, hired them and they turned out to fall flat. And other people that I was kind of on the fence about didn't have high hopes for and they were rock stars, right? So having the luxury of being able to work with people on a smaller scale or at a different scale before actually hiring them has been a huge help because we were able to like, it's essentially just test driving your employees before you actually commit, right? It's like dating before marriage is you, you get to do some small things, some smaller projects, see how you like it. If you don't like it, then you go your separate ways. But in, in the case of every team member, we grew to like them, we grew to respect them and their talents and were able to bring them on with absolute confidence that they were the right fit for the job. That's a great point that you make there, because I know it's always a process that I enjoy, you know, adding people to the team, but I do not enjoy the hiring process, you know, interview after interview after interview and trying to fill through, you know, who's best qualified. And so it's a great thought. Okay, let's do an internship and just see how it works out. Is that known up front? Is that person coming into the internship hoping that they receive a full-time position or is it approached like, no, you're going to do an internship and that's kind of it, but maybe you all in the back of your minds know that you're going to try to hire them if it works out. Yeah, we've done it a couple different ways. I think the initial round, like where we found Walker, we brought them in as quote unquote interns. It's probably not the right term. It's just the one that we use. There was no actual salary or payment, but uh, in the example of underwriting, if we agreed to give them a small percentage of equity for any deal that they underwrote that we actually closed on. So at that point, it was a win-win. It kept them motivated to underwrite and do a good job with it, but it kept our risk fairly minimal, knowing that you know, the only way we need to pay them is if we actually close on something. And at that point, we're happy to pay them because it means we close on a great deal. So it was really a win-win. And if nothing else, even if we didn't close on a park, they were happy to work with us and learn some skills on investing and just real estate knowledge in general, just from working side by side with us. Even if it didn't amount to anything in a monetary sense, they were able to get some knowledge. So, you know, I'll go again back to Walker. Like he was working a, you know, the nine to five corporate job, didn't like it making pretty good money, wanted to invest in real estate, just didn't have the knowledge. So by working side by side with us for a period of months, like he gained a lot of that knowledge. And as a side benefit, he ended up you know, being able to quit his corporate job and come to work for us. Love that. It's incredible. What an opportunity to get to work with a group like you all and the team that you're building there. So how did you all, I, I guess, tell me some of the roles that, you know, how you all have broken up this team. You know, you've got Walker and you maybe you just elaborate, kind of go through different aspects of the business. Maybe you and Brandon were doing it all in the beginning, but then you said, okay, you know, we're going to hire this person to do this. And then, okay, now we need to do this. 
Yep. So, uh, yeah, Walker, he's our human calculator. We keep him chained in the basement, crunching through spreadsheets, and he's happy to be there. So he loves that. And I'm glad there's guys like Walker around because I'm not one of them. So he's awesome. Uh, then we've got Mike Williams, who heads up our investor relations, and he's just super personable, loves to talk on the phone. Again, pretty much the opposite of me. So I'm glad he's there. He fields all the investor questions and he gets really into the weeds of all the offering memorandums and all the securities attorney stuff. So he's the go-to guy for those types of questions. We've got Brian Murray, who, uh, I don't know if you know Brian. Uh, I do. We're in a mastermind together. The, yeah. Okay. So, you know, Brian, fantastic guy. He's got a ton of experience. He's probably the most experienced in terms of syndication and funds. So he brings a ton of value to us, but like that was his key attraction to us is he's got the most hand on it, on experience with syndication. So all of the technical type stuff, he's been able to help us work through a lot of the, through the financing, through you know, how should we structure this or structure that compared to other deals that you've seen? Because he has that real like hands-on experience in syndication. So he's been a huge asset. Then we have Tristan Thomas, who is our infill manager. And he is one of the guys, he's one of my buddies from back when I lived in Maine. He has pretty much created a career for himself on finding single mobile homes, renovating them, and then either selling them off for cash or on lease option. And he was able to quit his day job years ago just by doing that. So when we decided we were going to buy mobile home parks, especially ones that needed heavy infill, he was just a no-brainer because we'd already seen him do that for years in a smaller capacity. And we've now unleashed him on our portfolio parks that need infill. So he's just been setting the world on fire, getting our parks filled. And then lastly, of course, Brandon, whose real role is, you know, again, because of his popularity, his platform, his key role is raising money and promotion and, and you know, all the social media stuff. So it's a fantastic team. I mean, everybody compliments one another just as good as you could ask for. I love the idea, too, of giving some equity, you know, a small piece of equity to somebody to really to, to motivate them initially, but almost like going through that internship process as well at the same time. Give somebody, I love giving somebody the ability to kind of shine through the rest of all the other people I'm looking through to hire. Uh, yeah, because it happens. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you start with 200 people and you'll get down in a short period of time to two or three that rise above the rest that go a little further, do a little more of the ask for, and we're looking to reward those people. Now, with that said, we've done internships that were promoted with zero compensation at all, no pay, no equity. And we have still been overrun with applicants, people that, again, they just want to learn from us. They just want to work side by side. And our goal typically in the back of our minds is even if it's not, promoted for any sort of compensation that, you know, if you attract the right person, you don't want them to go away. So, you know, we know that at some point we'll have to and be happy to compensate them. But it's a great way, again, just to kind of test drive talent is to let them work on smaller projects for lesser or no compensation. So, you know, when we're thinking about, you know, finding somebody like that and we're building a team and you and I talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but like focusing people's efforts and thinking through that as far as your team goes, what does that look like? You know, a lot of times it comes down to like, especially with a smaller company and smaller people, you have a lot of people kind of wearing a lot of different hats. Mm -hmm. And this was especially evident when it went from just Brandon and myself and we hired one or two more people. Like every time you add a new hire to a company that's already small, it changes the entire dynamic of the company by quite a bit. It's different than if you have a thousand employees and you just hire another one. Then, okay, everybody, it's very little impact. But if you have only two people and you hire two more people. Wow. Then you've got to step back and kind of reevaluate what everybody's doing and reassign different roles. Yes, they were hired for their specific expertise, but there's a bunch of other stuff that people tend to do during the day to day. And what I'll see from a higher level is just looking back and saying, okay, uh, Walker's stuck underwriting, but he's also doing like two or three tasks that really are not a good use of his time. Can we either shift those to another 
team member or is now the time to either start looking for another full-time employee or maybe that's a task a VA can do or maybe we need a couple interns. So it's really just kind of rearranging and shifting roles and priorities to keep people focused and efficient. How do you assess that or or do you ask, you know, the employees about, you know, say on a quarterly basis, do you have some way of following up to say, how's this going or how do you know that? Yeah, I stay pretty well in tune with everybody. I mean, we have our, we have all sorts of meetings and that's the other side of it. You try not to like take up your entire week with meetings and then because then you don't get any work done. But we talk as a, we have company-wide calls twice a week for an hour or so just to kind of touch base. And then I'll do one-on-one calls with all the team members. And then there's a bunch of different conversations about, you know, whatever the general business is during the week. So I try to stay pretty well in tune. But the real tipping point is, is when like somebody just doesn't have enough bandwidth to do what you need them to do. Like they just can't get to it. Like you need this done tomorrow and man, it's stacked up behind six other things that are way more important and they're not going to be able to get to it and stuff starts to slip or you see a slip coming and then it's time to be like, okay, let's dive into everything you have on your plate right now. Go through, reprioritize what's necessary, what's not necessary, what can we shift off to somebody else and what can we discard entirely. So it's, it's That's that ongoing. bottleneck you were talking about, right? Yeah, it's exactly the bottleneck. It's exactly the bottleneck. And we, like I try to see those coming and head them off. And sometimes, sometimes you see them coming and you, it's, you still like you just, see, you just see the train coming, you know, it's going to crash into something and you just brace for impact. But we're scrambling all the time to just keep people as efficient as possible and try to keep those bottlenecks to a minimum. So, you know, giving them the tools that they need is very important. And I know that's something you focus on as well. What are some of those tools that have come up as far as some of those specific tasks that have been like, man, this has been a game changer for us. When I got this to this person, like it just helped them so much to fulfill their role. Yeah. I mean, it's both, mostly it's just a human resource issue. So just getting more help, whether it's VA or interns to take some of the lower level tasks, like for example, underwriting a deal to do the, you know, the hardcore in-depth underwriting takes a certain skill set, but to say run around and do some market research on an area or an address, like you don't, like you can spell that out. We've been able to spell that out pretty clearly. And you know, here's 10 or 20 questions that we want answered. So go on Google, do what you got to do, come back with these answers. Like that's a pretty low level VA task that somebody with a higher capacity for more detail oriented, you know, uh, sophisticated underwriting doesn't need to be spending their time on. And some of it is just, you know, setting your priorities within the business. So this was something that we faced early on was just redefining our criteria for properties that we wanted to buy. Early on with the mobile home park space, we were looking at stuff that was, I think our minimum criteria was 50 lots. And we were looking at private utilities and like the net was just way too wide. So we were looking at way too many deals. We couldn't underwrite all of them. We were just getting so bogged down. And what we realized is we were just spending too much time analyzing deals that we didn't really want. So we adjusted those criteria. So we went from minimum of 50 lots to, okay, now we're only going to look at things minimum 100 lots. We're going to rule out anything on private utilities. So we're just focused on public utilities, which is really what we wanted anyway. So just by getting rid of a lot of the fluff and dialing in the criteria to things that were stuff that we really wanted, that alone cleared out a ton of time. And you were able to step back, take a breath, and then we're able to spend more time and better time on the things that really mattered. So there's a bunch of those little things where you just like either it's an actual human resource or software related resource or, you know, just a shift in, or a tweak in your business focus. Nice. Or all of those things in combined. How do you all communicate as far as a team? I know you and Brandon are in Hawaii and I'm sure, you know, the other team members are across the country. 
Yeah. So Zoom, like everybody else these days, I think, uh, especially in pandemic world, you know, we a lot of Zoom calls and then we manage most of our deal flow in Asana. So I don't know if you're familiar with Asana. It's just a, you know, mm-hmm. any type of CRM, you're able to just track everything, tag other team members, assign things. So it's a pretty good database for us, at least on a broad scale to kind of keep track of who's doing what and, you know, be able to keep timelines and, and due dates on things. Okay. Ryan, you know, in this syndication business or process or career for you, what's been the hardest part? The hardest part has probably been, it's the hardest part, but it's also what I enjoy is just getting something thrown on your lap that you have no idea how to deal with it. (laughs) So that's always been like, I think one of my strengths, not only in real estate, but prior to real estate, I was in electronics manufacturing for 10 years. And I would often get sent to just random countries. I'd wake up just in the morning in one country and I didn't know what country I was going to fall asleep in just running around putting out fires. So you get dropped in the middle of, you know, some problem and you're like, there's no way I can fix this. And you think about it for a minute and take a breath and okay, just one step at a time, we'll get through this. So that's the same sort of thing now is, I mean, three or four years ago, I never even, you know, I didn't even know what a syndication was. So it's been like a fast track of learning and like just taking something and be like, oh man, that seems like a super scary thing. I don't even, I don't even know how to address that. And then one step at a time, one breath at a time, surrounding myself with people who have been there, done that, and I can lean on for expertise. That's been a challenge, but with those big challenges also comes the biggest rewards, right? So mm-hmm. they definitely go hand in hand. That's a mindset shift, isn't it? To be able to see, not really even see things as a problem, but just see, okay, that we can figure this out as opposed to yeah, being scared right off the bat. Yeah. And then once you do it once, the second time, you're like, oh yeah, I got this. No problem. We've been through it before. So yeah. So what's the way you all have recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? I know I already talked on it, but just redefining your focus, making sure that your focus is correct. I think people tend to, or at least I do, will kind of set your criteria for what you want and then just leave it on autopilot and not go back and revisit it and make sure that it's still the best criteria. You've got to be willing to shift your focus a little bit. And I don't mean, I don't advocate for shiny object syndrome at all. Like you shouldn't be running all over the place. Pick a path and go with it. But within that path, don't be afraid to say, oh, you know what? I was wrong in thinking that I need to adjust this a little bit and constantly make tweaks. I think too many people just get they're like, I'm going to do this. I'm hell bent on it. I'm not going to change anything and, and just go put their head down. And yeah, I mean, you can get somewhere, but without like popping your head up and looking around and being like, okay, little reality check. Am I still doing exactly what I should be doing and making changes? Then it's just going to take you a lot longer. So what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? staying engaged with other people. So networking, getting out there. And it's as simple as, you know, going to meetups, being engaged on forums, attending webinars, attending conferences. I mean, I am definitely not a super smart guy. I'm a pretty hard worker, but if I had just stayed home and never gone out and engaged in the real estate community, I would not be sitting in Maui here today. I mean, no question. So I don't feel like I've done anything magical. I've just put myself out there, introduced myself to as many people as I can, put myself in places where I knew that there were people who were doing what I wanted to do in terms of, you know, bigger real estate investing deals. And it's got me to where I am today. Where you can hear the birds all the time. Where I can hear the birds. Yeah. <laughs> the, the birds are the sound of my success. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, uh, how do you like to give back? I like to get back by helping new investors. And I have to be careful when I say that now, especially on the Bigger Pockets platform. Like I have people reaching out to me all the time, wanting help and wanting me to analyze deals. And as much as I would love to help all of them, I just can't do it. There's not enough sure. hours in a day. But when I am able to, I've, there's nothing more rewarding for me than seeing a newer investor, a less experienced investor facing 
a similar problem to what I once had that might have just seemed like the end of the world at the time and being like, no, 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 here's how you deal with this. It's not going to be pretty, but here's a couple ways out and being able to help them through that challenge, whether it's taking down a deal or whether they've gotten in over their head on a deal or whatever it is, just being able to give back and sort of mentor people. But I've got to be very careful on how I say that or else, you know, I'll have uh, 400 text messages tomorrow. But when I'm able to, I love to be able to give back to newer investors. Ryan, I'm grateful for your time. Great show. Appreciate you just elaborating on how you all built a team and how you're managing that team, giving them the tools that they need. Even, you know, the thought of doing the internship as opposed to hiring right away and providing some a small piece of equity. Some great tips when, you know, especially after you've done a deal or two, you know, that shouldn't be a problem to bring somebody on like that. And and I just think the reward is massive, you know, once you get that right person in the right seat. And so grateful for you sharing that. Tell the people, the listeners, how they can get in touch with you if they can and how they can learn more about you. Yeah, I'm pretty active on Bigger Pockets, so you can find me there on the forums. My Instagram is at ryan.murdoch21, or you can send me an email at ryan at odcfund.com. Awesome, Ryan. Great show. I'm grateful for your time very much. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.